glowy, rowy, results rowy, that's me. An old lady who's lived a really long time doing the best career path in the whole wide world, which is an exercise professional. My whole life, since I've been 13 years of age and now I'm very old, I have woken up every day loving my life. And if I could give that to you in a pretty pink box, I would. I'd wrap it up and give it to you and say, please live your life like that. Don't have some lousy, stinking job. Don't have a boss that you don't like. Don't get involved in a product or service that you're not proud of. Don't work with people that you don't like. Make sure that you do what you're the most passionate about and do that for your entire life. So that's the really cool thing that I've done with my life. On that very long journey, I have screwed up and made some enormous mistakes. And there's a great, I could turn it into a song, if I knew now or then what I knew now, things would be different. Uh, I have some wisdom and some knowledge and some life experience that if I think, well, I think if I'd applied it back then, my life would certainly be even better than it is now. So maybe you can learn from my screw-ups, from my mistakes, uh, the things that I absolutely passionately believed if I had done differently, I would certainly be even in an even more spectacular place than I am now. Having said that, we can't change the past at all, can we? <laughs> it's in the past. There's no could have, would have, should have at the three silliest words on the planet, yeah? We just didn't. Could have, would have, should have just translates into I didn't. Well, I didn't do some things and I did some really stupid things. So please learn from my mistakes and perhaps you could uh, get there faster or do whatever it is that you want to do with more haste and speed or with less uh, expense, less hurt, less pain, less, less challenge. So there's a couple of really interesting things, particularly now that I'm an old lady, just fun things that I'd love to share with you. Uh, I was... Uh, Absolutely convinced I was bulletproof, uh, I'm, and there's some reasons for that. Uh, I have excellent genetics in my family. My father was Hungarian, my mother was German. Hungry German was what I was uh, teased about at school. But if you, even if you look at pictures of my mother at 90 years of age, 95 years of age, she had this magnificent, beautiful skin. And I used to think that because I had such great genetics that I probably didn't need to look after my skin. So one of the things that I would definitely do differently uh, if I, what I know now that I didn't know then, uh, is I would often go to bed without taking my makeup off or I would often go to bed without cleansing my skin and I'd often uh, forget to moisturize my face. Now, as an old lady, I realized that those things are very important uh, and I wish that I had started doing them earlier. So if you are wanting to have beautiful skin for a really long time, uh, it's been suggested that if you wear makeup, take it off before you go to sleep and make sure you put lots of moisturizer on your skin. But ultimately, of course, beautiful skin comes from the inside and being healthy, fit and strong and being hydrated and putting in vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants that keep your, your body in peak physical condition are obviously some great ideas so I did that I'm really healthy I'm really fit and I'm really strong and I've been that all of my life uh, I probably could have looked after my skin a little bit better so there's just a just a, a tiny little tip if you want to look young for long uh, I also when it comes to appearance I spent many years of my life making an absolute fool of myself and it's easy to look back over that now and, and I really there are times that I I wish I didn't. <laughs> uh, I lost a lot of opportunities because of the way I dressed. 
uh, and that had a lot to do with low self-esteem. So the easy way to fix that, of course, is to decide who you are, be that person, dress that person, and not care what other people think. I spent a lot of time trying to impress other people. Uh, I was concerned about what other people thought of me, and I thought it was really important to uh, show off my uh, impressiveness. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been exercising all of my life. So I started off as a chubby kid. At the age of 10, I started exercising. At the age of 13, I started exercising with some kind of uh, seriousness where it actually worked. I got into the upright position. And there's, I'll, I'll add that into the list. From the age of 10 till 13, the only exercise I did were, was stuff on the floor. I did side leg raises and donkey kicks and sit-ups and crunches and all the silly stuff that don't work. You use tiny muscle groups that uh, remember small exercises, small results, 50% effort, 50% result. But I didn't know. I was, it was a very long time ago. Uh, in, at 13, I got into the upright position and started exercising to music and got puffed and my life changed. So... Uh, I'm very aware that that it would be silly to waste your time doing silly exercises. Now, that's a personal choice that everybody gets to make. I certainly wish that I hadn't spent three years doing silly exercises. And uh, at 18 years of age, I ended up with a serious back injury because of a lot of those silly exercises. So I would love for you to avoid a serious back injury. I've had serious knee injuries, shoulder injuries, elbow injuries, feet injuries, every single joint in my body is busted and broken and worn out and destroyed, really, because I didn't understand anatomy and physiology. That's a side note, and we'll get to that later. Uh, what I did start doing, though, is exercising, and I got into peak physical condition, uh, from chubby to in really good nick. Uh, and uh, I won a couple of competitions. Um, I... <laughs> I was a, did some modelling, I did some magazine work, uh, I, was, I, was, I looked good, just ask me. <laughs> uh, but I thought that people liked me because of the way I looked, so I tried to show that off. So I spent a lot of, up until about 35 years of age, uh, showing off my butt cheeks and my boobies and my tight arms and my beautiful body. And I lost so many opportunities because I thought that your uh, sexy appearance was more important or more impressive than a professional appearance. And I'm very privileged because a, a very distinguished gentleman pulled me aside and he was involved in the exercise profession. And he gave me, a, and I remember him sharing this with me because I was wearing a very low cut top at the time. And I do know now that it's very difficult. When you're a woman, you've got your boobies out. It's very difficult for a man to not look at your boobies. And it's very difficult for him to, to listen to what you're saying because men are driven sexually. Uh, since I've been studying neuroscience, that's very obvious. And just as an interesting side note, it's been suggested by the best neuroscientists in the world that men have up to, or sorry, men have on average 120 sexual fantasies per hour. Now that's average, which means some have less and some have a hell of a lot more. And I share that with you because the man that pulled me aside was very professional, very distinguished, very wise. And he said to me, Rowie, if you don't put your bits away, nobody's ever going to take you seriously. You're parading around, prancing around with your ass cheeks out, with your boobies out. And it's probably impressive, but you're impressing the wrong kind of people. I think you're really smart, and if you if you start dressing like a professional smart woman, you might actually be taken seriously. 
And at the time, it was very confronting, and I got a bit angry and a bit annoyed uh, that how dare he tell me what to wear, and I'm going to wear whatever I want. But he was exactly right. And I, I, when I look back over the, the periods of time that I was dressing very poorly and very unprofessionally, I did miss out on a lot of opportunities. And I'll just share with you a couple. Uh, something like, this is a very simple thing, but I had used to have two piercings in my ears. And I missed out on a very big opportunity to speak for my, my charity. Um, I support the SPCA, the RSPCA. I, I want to look after animals. And I had the opportunity to raise a lot of money for my charity. And because I had two earrings in, the people who were um, organising the conference didn't choose me as their professional speaker. Just that tiny little thing, but that, it makes a difference. Another conference, uh, I went to the interview to be the professional speaker, but I didn't wear stockings. And it was a professional conservative group in Melbourne, Australia. And I, I had great legs, just ask me. And I wore a reasonably, I wouldn't say a short skirt, but probably too short. And I didn't wear any stockings. And when I asked later for the feed forward as to why they didn't choose me as the speaker, that, that were, they were very happy to share with me. You didn't dress professionally. Your, your skirt was too short and you weren't wearing stockings. Uh, little things can make a really big difference. So I learned pretty quickly, thanks to the guy that pulled me aside, uh, that first impressions are everything. If you want people to take you seriously, you have to dress seriously. And it's interesting because at the age of 18, I went to a man or leadership and management conference and the first exercise of that conference was pick five words to describe you as a person and then be that person. And I share this uh, very passionately and I share it with all of my students and in fact every business person I come in contact with, what are the five words you would like people to know you as? What, how do you describe yourself? And at that conference, I chose tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined, disciplined and professional. And from that day forward, I wanted to be that person, uh, but I didn't make the connection of, as to what stylish and professional was. And I had some very stylish clothes and I had some very professional clothes, but I didn't wear them as a professional person. They were either, like I shared, too short or too low cut or etc. So I've learned the hard way that uh, your, your personality and who you are doesn't shine through your boobies or your butt cheeks or your ripped abdominals, say. Your personality is who you are. And it's funny now because I wear mostly up to here and, and uh, I wear, obviously wear, uh, I wear long jackets and long pants and long skirts and people still pull me aside on a regular basis and say, you're obviously really fit and healthy. What is it that you do? Even though I haven't got my bits and pieces showing. So if I, what I know now that I didn't know then is I would dress differently. Uh, I would, from the, from the day that I started dressing, I would have dressed more appropriately because I've missed out on so many opportunities. But now I know, and one of the beautiful things that I'm very proud of is that I, I don't like to make the same mistake twice. <laughs> I'm very happy to make a mistake, but I want to learn from that mistake and then move forward, having become a better, wiser, stronger person because of it. So I already touched on this. I, uh, I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology. Uh, my father taught me to think for myself and he taught me to ask why and how, which are my two favourite questions. But what I know now that I didn't even bother to ask when I first came into the exercise profession was why are we doing this and how does it work? I was so caught up in what I thought was other people's impressiveness. 
uh, I, th I thought that somebody with 30 years experience must be amazing or somebody that owned a health club must be amazing or somebody that taught classes for 300 people must know everything. So when these people were telling me things, I just believed them. I didn't question them. I, I didn't ask why and I didn't ask how. So I spent uh, a lot of my career path, and luckily most of what I did, I taught group exercise for over 20 years, which is predominantly in the upright position, predominantly compound exercises. But uh, there's some really stupid exercises in the exercise profession, uh, exercises that waste our time, they hurt our joints, and it's not, some of them, it's not even they will eventually hurt your joints. Some of the exercises we choose to do, uh, if you did them in a workplace, you would be sued for uh, destroying the human body. But you can go to many health clubs and gyms and personal training studios around the world and we're still doing these silly exercises. I wish that when I was younger, I learnt my anatomy and physiology and I wish that I learnt to analyse every exercise for myself. Uh, I used to be very impressed by people with degrees, people who were doctors, people who were physiotherapists, people who were chiropractors. Uh, and what I've learned the hard way is that nobody's impressive unless they know their stuff. And it's really been very interesting now that, and I, d I don't ever want to be disrespectful, uh, so I'm very careful about the questions that I ask, but I believe we all have the right to ask, why are we doing that and how does it work? And I asked that question of psychologists, endocrinologists, cardiologists, uh, physiotherapists, chiropractors, general uh, practitioners. And when somebody says something to me, I no longer take it that they know what they're talking about because too many times uh, the information that I've been given has been incorrect because the person delivering the information was just repeating somebody else's opinion. I think the world has become very good at regurgitating other people's opinions. And I don't think as a professional person that that is a professional thing to do. So uh, one of the, the biggest pieces of advice that I've taken on board is to always get a second, third, fourth opinion, always to ask why and how. Never trust somebody just because they have a university degree or they're a doctor or they're a, they've been doing something for 30 years. They have to be able to explain to me why I would do that and how does it work. It has to make sense and it has to be uh, logical, which of course is why I'm very privileged that I met K-Man, who's not just a wonderful husband, but he's a very smart man. And my father taught me when I was a very little girl, uh, when you get married, when you find the man of your dreams, make sure he's really smart and really funny. And my husband is one of the most intelligent, wise men I've ever met. He's also incredibly funny, very logical and very, very common sense, along with a high IQ. And he doesn't ever tell somebody what to do with his magnificent intelligence. It's always about those two beautiful questions came back. It was like my father taught me and then K-Man came into my life and taught me again. Hey, woman, when did you stop asking why and how? And he started demanding that of me. I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology. I just regurgitated everybody else's opinion. And he started asking me, why are you doing that and how does it work? And you need to be able to explain that. You're an exercise professional. People are putting their life in your hands. And you're giving them exercises that are wasting their time, could hurt them now, or will definitely hurt them in the future. Why are you doing that? And uh, yes, I wish, because what I know now is that 
all of that can get fixed. You don't have to trust experts. You don't have to believe what people tell you. People can't tell you what to think when you know how to think for yourself. And when it comes to the human body, the only way to think for yourself is to know your anatomy and know your physiology. So do I know them? I'm learning every day. And that's the next thing I want to share with you. What I know now is that up until, and I'm going to say not that long ago, I really thought that I, I had some knowledge because I'd been doing this for such a long time and I could, I could list, I've worked in many countries around the world, I've managed health clubs around the world, I've employed hundreds if not thousands of people, I've had a very successful financial life, uh, I've been recognised worldwide as being successful in business and being successful financially. So you can get a bit arrogant when, when, life's, when that's happened to you. But what I've learned now, and this is what I know now that I didn't know then, is I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm a really old lady and all I know now is I don't know anything. Because everything that I think I know, there's still a better way to know it. There's more to know about it. There's a better way to explain it. And I feel very sorry for people who think they know stuff. And I, I work every day with... Uh, my max exercise professionals and business, my max business professionals, because that's my, my driving force now is to help other people to have a successful, happy life. And I work with a lot of, well, my youngest student at the Max International Colleges as an exercise professional is 13. Uh, and so everything from 13, I think our most mature, there's a great word, our most chronologically advanced student is 80. So there's a whole heap of ages in in the um, the people that come to the who are accepted into the max colleges but it's interesting to see now that the younger students uh, it seems the world has become a little bit arrogant and I get that because I was too when I was 18 I knew everything just ask me when I was 20 I knew everything when I was 30 I knew everything and then I started to realize that I didn't know anything and the tiny little bits that I did know, uh, there was so much more to learn. Uh, it's funny because I ask people, do you think you know your anatomy and physiology or do you think you know how to analyse an exercise or do you think you know how to help somebody lose weight? And they go, yes, I know. Uh, but when I ask why and how, that's when it becomes complicated. So if I knew then what I know now, which is what I'm sharing with you, is I don't know anything. And if we keep an open mind, and I joke about this because I've got blonde hair and I'm going to keep my blonde hair forever. Uh, and the reason for that is when you've got blonde hair, people do treat you like you're a little bit, well, maybe not quite as smart as everybody else. Uh, that definition of dumb blonde, I've lived with that all of my life and I love it. I really appreciate it because... If people think you think you know everything, which is arrogance, nobody wants to teach you anything, which is what happened to me originally. People didn't want to teach me anything because they thought I was arrogant. I'm very privileged that that gentleman pulled me aside and said, Rowie, put your bits away, because he was so much older, uh, he didn't care what I thought. And that's the next thing I want to share with you. If I, if I knew then what I know now, the least important thing is what other people think of you. Uh, they're very busy thinking of themselves and they're probably very worried about what you think of them. And yet we spend or waste so much time caring about what other people think. And this is not just a motivational quote or a suggestion. You can't please all of the people all of the time. And if you do that, you will actually go crazy and you'll do nothing that's important to you. So what I do know now that I didn't know then is who am I? And it's interesting because I did decide at 18 that I was tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined and professional. 
And when you decide to be that person, and you're going to pick your words, they're just my words, uh, then I live my life that way. And it's a very simple piece of advice. Who are you? And then be that person. Who are you? I decided, tough and fair, positive, stylish, disciplined, professional, and I've then decided to be that person. So if people don't like that, there's another great expression that I live by. Better that I love me and the rest of the world hate me than the rest of the world love me and I hate me. But even more important than that, better that I respect myself even if everybody else hates me. Because if everybody else loves me but I don't respect myself, so if I'm trying to please other people but I lose respect for myself, what does that do for my life? And the answer, of course, for me is nothing. It added no value to my life at all. Running around trying to please other people is a really silly waste of time, in my opinion, and I've learnt now not to do that. I want to be able to look in my mirror at the end of the day and be proud of who I am. How about you? So who are you? What do you stand for? What are your core values? What you stand for under pressure is a really important question because a lot of people share with me what their professional standards are, but when they're put under pressure for those professional standards, they don't live by them. Uh, And I'm not sure what that does to your self-esteem, but I do deal with a lot of people every day who have very low self-esteem. Your self-esteem is your internal driver. It's the thing that allows you to go forward because you believe that you can. And if you're trying to please other people all of the time and you don't like yourself very much, which means you have low self-esteem, how can you possibly go forward? So who are you? What do you stand for? What do you stand for under pressure? And as I've often shared, we joke at this house, if somebody held a gun to your head, I know that's not very funny, but we joke about it because if somebody held a gun to my head and said, you you need to promote dodgy exercises or we're going to pay you a billion dollars to promote this pill powder or potion and I know that it doesn't work, I wouldn't do that. I'm married to a man who if he was offered a billion dollars or, and this is what we joke about, if somebody held a gun to my head and said, okay man, we're going to shoot Rowie if you don't promote this dodgy exercise, he would say shoot her because he couldn't live with himself if he promoted something that was dodgy and I wouldn't want to be married to somebody that promoted something that was dodgy. Uh, is it is that a wisdom thing? Is that a maturity thing? It's just a very special place to live is all I can share with you, where you you live by your own core values and standards and non-negotiable standards. There's a reason it's called non-negotiable because you won't negotiate it. Uh, and if you live that way, and the last question, of course, is what would you die for? And the reason I ask that is... Uh, now again having studied history I've got a family that's been involved in some of the the horrible things that have happened in the world my mother lived through Nazi Germany my father was in Auschwitz concentration camp he lived in communist Romania Uh, my family lived through a lot of tough times and tough challenges and they literally had to to not just stand for something it was what would you die for and uh, my father gave up a very uh, cushy comfortable, wealthy lifestyle as a priest in the Vatican in Rome. And yes, that's my father. What an interesting story. Uh, And he just, he didn't believe in, in that anymore. And he was prepared to die rather than keep living that cushy, comfortable, wealthy lifestyle. He just couldn't do it anymore. And I'm very proud of that. And I hope that's part of my DNA. I don't want to I don't want to negotiate my standards and I have things that I would rather die for 
than to lower my standards. So that's one of the interesting things that uh, I know now that I didn't know then is that average is just the most horrible place in the world to live. Uh, at least when you hit rock bottom, when you're at the worst you can possibly be, that's when most people make changes. And people that are at their absolute best tend to want to get better. But the people that live in the middle, this average, by definition, is somewhere between the best and the worst. And I now know that I didn't know then that average is the worst place to live. Because when you get comfortable, when it's okay, when it's not too bad, uh, then we, we, we stop striving and we stop getting better. And I remember my father teaching me that. He used to say, have a hot drink or have a cold drink, but warm, don't be warm. Lukewarm, it's average and you don't want to be that. And uh, I didn't learn it fast enough, but now I know it. Because what I want to share with you today is what I know now that I didn't know then, please learn from my mistakes because I've made some very silly ones. So to wrap up, and there's lots of, lots of things I've learned and I could uh, very capable of talking for hours and hours. But the reason I'm sharing this with you is if you could learn from those simple things. So if you want to look younger, look after your skin when you're young. If you want to have a body that's young and fit and strong and healthy and stays young and fit and strong for long, you've got to protect your joints. And we do some silly exercises in the exercise profession. Please don't do them. If, a, if an exercise puts shearing forces across your joint instead of compression forces or traction forces, if you wear away your joints by doing overusing, doing overuse, so doing too much of an exercise uh, and, and putting... Putting the wrong forces through your joints, you will end up injured. And I wish that I, I really wish that I knew that when I was younger. So what I'm asking is, please, if you want to have a healthy, fit, strong body for the rest of your life, please be open to learning and learn your anatomy and physiology with the open mind that there's always more to learn. Uh, please stand for something and don't negotiate who you are. And if you really want to have a happy, successful life, uh, I know this now, I just again wish that I could give it to you in a pink box as a pretty gift and say, here, I have it. But everybody I've studied, and I've studied excellence my entire life, and I now aim to live my life with excellence, uh, there's some very simple fundamentals. Do what you're passionate about. Become the very best at it. Don't be average. If you, if you settle for average, you are literally settling for somewhere between the best and the worst. And you can't do anything with that. There's nowhere to go from there. So if you if you live your life in what I call the sweet spot, which is do what you're absolutely passionate about and never have a lousy, stinking, rotten job, which I'm very proud of because that's not a mistake that I've made. I've always, every single day I've lived my life doing what I love. Now that I didn't know then, but I do know now, is that when you aim to be the best in the world at what you do, for your customers, your clients, the people in your life, or for the whole world, the education, the training, the learning, the ongoing education, training, and learning is very simple because you want to do it. I wake up every day busting to learn more. I'm excited to get better at what I do, and I want to keep getting better because I'm doing what I absolutely love. So do what you're absolutely passionate about is number one. Aim to be the best in the world at it, which is ongoing training, learning, education. Do that every single day. And then number three, aim to add massive value to people's lives. If you live in that sweet spot, smack bang in the middle, how could you possibly be unhappy? <laughs> 
it's it's just not possible. Think about it. I love what I do. I'm getting better at it all the time, and everything I do is aimed to add, add value to other people's lives. Uh, that is the sweet spot that every person that, that I've ever met that's happy, that is satisfied, that has produced great things for the world, they all live in that sweet spot. A lot of people will argue with me that that's not possible. You know, you can't all, can't all live the dream. And I'm passionate about lots of things and I don't know which one I want. And can I just, uh, this is difficult for me because a lot of people have shared that with me. I've, I'm passionate about so many things, I don't know what I want to do. It's been suggested that you can't ride two horses with one bum. <laughs> and if you have a horse that you want to ride, put your bum on it and ride it hard and win the race. Find out what you are the most passionate about and go do that. Don't let somebody steal your dream. Don't let somebody tell you that you can't do it. If this is who you are and this is what you want to do, then, then do it. And the, this is how you know that it's your thing. Number one, you know that you want to do it. Number two, you would do it for free. And that's why I always ask that, that question. If the people that pay you money stopped paying you money, would you still go? Would you still go to the job? Would you still have that business? Would you still have those clients? If they stopped paying you, would you still do it? And everybody I know that lives in the sweet spot all say exactly the same thing. I don't do this for the money. I do this because I love it and I would do it for free. And the beautiful thing about that is a lot of people that are multi, multi-millionaires will share with you that for a lot of the time they did do it for free. But when you live in that sweet spot, when you do what you're the most passionate about, you want to be the best in the world at it and you want to add massive value to people's lives, there is no lose there. Everybody wins. You win. Your customers and clients win. You feel satisfied with your life. You do wonderful things for your family. You can't be unhappy. May you find your sweet spot. And if you don't know what it is, please go and do everything so that you find out. If people say to me, Rowie, I don't know what I want to do, I go, well, go and do everything. Go and try everything. Go everywhere, meet everybody and do everything. And that's one of the beautiful things when I look back over my life. Uh, I've done some wonderful things and I've got some magnificent memories and I've traveled to some amazing places and I've met some spectacularly interesting people. And I've also had some horrible, terrible experiences and some he hell times. And isn't that what life's all about? Because how could you appreciate the good times if there were no bad times? How could you enjoy the future if you didn't learn from the past? So whatever's happened to you in the past, you can't change it. There's no should have, could have, would have. There's just I didn't. But if I choose, if I chose didn't, and but I wanted to change my life, and now I have to change from I didn't to do it. How about that? Just do it.